Kia ora, I'm Katie Harris. It's January 23 and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. The National-led coalition has only been in office for two months, but already its work around Te Tiriti o Waitangi in Te Reo Māori has prompted backlash across Aotearoa. Last Friday, a Ministry of Justice paper was leaked warning that the government's proposed legislation to define the principles of Titiriti could be highly contentious. Part of the document suggested this was due to the fundamental constitutional nature of the subject matter and lack of consultation with the public. The leak also came on the eve of a national hui organised by the Māori King at Turanga Waiwai Marae in Narawahia to unify Māori and discuss the potential impact of the policies. Among the 10,000 attendees was University of Auckland Professor of Māori Studies Margaret Mutu. She joins us today on the front page to discuss what went down at the hui and what to make of the government's plans. Margaret, what was the significance of the weekend's hui? It was hugely significant. What you had was Māori coming under attack pretty solidly for the last year or so or even longer. So a lot of vitriol, a lot of demonisation and, quite frankly, a lot of hatred being aimed at us, being delivered at us. And people came together to find some sort of protection. And what they found when they came to Tūranga Waiwai was that it was a place where they were safe. It was a place where they could be Māori and that that was normal and it was normalised on the marae and that carrying out all our traditions, our protocols and the way we are when we're Māori was absolutely fine. So what it did was it gave back the confidence that so many politicians or people who have been quite horrible to Māori over the last couple of years, who tried to take away the confidence of Māori people to be Māori. And this hui gave that confidence back. Now, Margaret, you were there on the ground on Saturday. And in light of the recent events over the last few weeks and few months even, what was the mood like? Oh, very, very positive. Whenever you go to a hui, everybody's always so pleased to see each other. But here, this was about people coming together with a remarkable unity of thinking. We had already seen this in the Te Tokero. When I called um, Ngāti Kahu together, because I'm the chair of Ngāti Kahu, our people were really, really clear. We had to go down there to make sure that Te Tiriti or Waitangi was not to be interfered with, that it is the constitutional basis of this country, that he hakaputanga has to be upheld. We, we understand a lot of people... Māori also do not understand what he hakaputanga is, don't even know that it exists in many cases. But we had to go down there and say, this is the constitutional underpinning of this country. We also had to go down there and make sure that people were clear that Ngāti Kahu at least did not accept the policies that attacked Māori. And there are more than 20 of them listed in their coalition agreements We've been through them very, very carefully. We also wanted to make sure that there was an education program that was run throughout the country so that the whole country could understand what Hehakaputanga and Te Tiriti were about. 
that they are not about dividing the people. They are, in fact, about making sure that this country can live together in peace and friendship. Te Tiriti o Waitangi is a treaty of peace and friendship. We had to make sure that people throughout the country understood what Te Tiriti actually says and what it means. But the other thing that Ngāti Kahu asked, and this is the first time I've heard Ngāti Kahu ask for this quite deliberately, was to ask what we call our Tauiwi allies, Pākehā, but also our Pacific Island relations, people from Asia, non-Māori throughout the country to come and give us a hand. What we were asking for was that Pākehā in particular, but also all others who we call Tangata Tiriti, who are here because of the treaty, that they stand between us and the government, argue with the government, challenge the government about the way they're treating Māori. Now, the reason we did that is that particularly if Pākehā challenge a government, then a government is much more likely to listen. And we've seen that over the years, that Pākehā protest is much more likely to be listened to in this country. Pouring in from every corner of the land, every seat, every space, filled by a crowd of more than 10,000. The message from the masses was clear. The Treaty of Waitangi is under threat. There's no principles. The treaty is written. That's it. This is all happening as the government is set to introduce a bill proposing three new principles to Te Tiriti. The first is that the New Zealand government has the right to govern all New Zealanders. Second, the New Zealand government will honour all New Zealanders in chieftainship of their land and all their property. Finally, all New Zealanders are equal under the law with the same rights and duties. Having studied Te Tiriti for many years, what are your thoughts on this proposal? Well, it's completely opposite to what Te Tiriti actually guarantees. What has happened here is that phrases have been taken out of context, mistranslated, and dressed up as if they could be principles. You know, kawanatanga. Kawanatanga was a control mechanism that was devolved to Queen Victoria so that the Queen would be free to control her lawless citizens immigrating from England. So for David Seymour to then say that that is governance over all New Zealand is, is just a barefaced lie. And then in the next one, to say that the government will honour all New Zealanders in the chieftainship of their land, that is taking one particular phrase completely out of context. So where it says, King New Tirini, all the people of New Zealand, that was in 1840 and it referred only to Māori living in this country. It did not refer to everybody because what was guaranteed there was te tino rangatiratanga, deliberately mistranslated as chieftainship. So Hugh Kafaru was the first one who translated rangatiratanga as chieftainship, but then added a rider that you must understand chieftainship from within the Māori language and culture, and that it is not some watered-down version of what a chief does. Since then, of course, there's been a whole lot of work done on this. And tino rangatiratanga. Rangatiratanga is the exercise of mana. So what is mana? Mana is the absolute and paramount power and authority derived originally from the gods. 
You have all sorts of different types of mana, whether it's mana for people, whether it's mana for the land, whether it's mana to do with the gods, but it's all about absolute and paramount power and authority. What a rangatira does, a leader does, is he exercises that mana for the well-being of the people, for the well-being of the land, for the well-being of everything remembering that we are all very closely related to Papa Tuanuku, our Earth Mother. The other thing we need to understand about a rangatira is that a rangatira, it gets translated as chief. It's not a good translation for that word. A rangatira is someone who keeps the people together. And a person who keeps the people together will do so using the resources, using the law, because we have our own legal system, it's called tikanga, and keep them all together. But you've got to have the resources, you've got to have the mana, the power and authority to do that. And the people have to be happy with you, because if they're not, you'll be tossed out. That is what rangatiratanga is. But in this, what David Seymour has written up, it is denigrated down to something called chieftainship, and I'm blowed if I know what that's meant to mean. But it's a deliberate denigration of what the true meaning of rangatiratanga is, which is the exercise of mana. Now, the third thing, atato nga tikanga katoa, rite tahi, that we would all have our own laws and that they would be treated equally. Now, what does he say? All New Zealanders are equal under the law with the same rights and duties. That is not what that phrase says. What it says is that there will be a tikanga that is there that Pākehā have. It is okay for you to have that tikanga, for you to have your culture, your laws, your way of doing things. It is okay for you to have it for you. But what has already been stated up in Article 2 is that Māori will continue to exercise our mana through tinoranga tiratanga. So that, again, is a deliberate misinterpretation of what Article 3 is meant to be. What Article 3 was meant to be was that the Queen of England would protect Māori from any attacks by Pākehā on us. That was her protection. And that we would be able to access Pākehā tikanga. We would have full access to the Pākehā culture, to the Pākehā language, and those things that we chose to have out of there, we would have full access to them. So this, all New Zealanders are equal under the law with the same rights and duties, that's not what it says at all. So that's what I mean. It's the opposite of what Tetiriti actually says. Now, this bill is being championed by the ACT Party, And writing in the Herald last week, ACT leader David Seymour said the problem they want to solve was this. Quote, Our country was founded on a treaty saying that we are all equal, but the powers that be have interpreted that same treaty as dividing us, and most of us never got asked about it. How would you respond to that? Well, for a first thing, he needs to be very, very clear that te tiriti confirms he hakaputanga that Māori will always continue to exercise our mana in this country, and we will do that through tinoranga tiratanga, and that Pākehā are invited to come into this country and they can live under their own kāwanatanga, which will keep them in order and stop them being lawless. 
Now, that was not about separation, because what Tetuji is about, it's a treaty of peace and friendship. And remember, when you're Māori, you have to look after your manuhiri. It's a fundamental requirement of tikanga Māori, is that if you invite people in, as we invited the subjects of the Queen Victoria in, you must look after them. You must make sure that they thrive, that they are able to achieve their potential, because if you don't, then that reflects badly on your mana. And I think most of the country doesn't understand that, the level of responsibility we have to look after our manuhiri. So when he says these sorts of things, he's telling Māori, you have to become a New Zealander. But when you're a New Zealander, so, you know, the automatic question that comes into my head, okay, so we're a New Zealander, does that mean we all are Māori now? But it's not what it means at all. What David Seymour means is you will all become Pākehā. That was a recommendation out of the 1960 Hun report, if anyone wants to go and pull that up, which said that Māori had to evolve into being Pākehās, which caused a huge outcry in that time in the Māori world because it was so deeply, deeply racist. This is about the only thing that you're allowed to be is a Pākehā, and if you're anything else, you're not allowed to be that anything else. Now, of course, what this is, is white supremacy. It really is a question of what does our founding document mean? Does it mean that we are divided into Tangata Whenua and Tangata Tiriti, two peoples apart, or does it mean that we are citizens of New Zealand with the same rights and duties or Ngāti Kanga Katoa Rite Tahi as the treaty itself says? If you want to read David Seymour's argument in his own words, we've put a link to his Herald opinion piece in the show notes. Margaret, you've spoken about Hihaka Putanga. How does that relate to Tetriti? And is this often acknowledged in the public service? Because from recollection, I can't ever remember learning about it until recently. Yes. Now, Hihaka Putanga is actually the parent document to Tetriti or Waitangi. Hihaka Putanga is a declaration of sovereignty. In the English that it was first drafted in, it was drafted as a declaration of independence. The reason for this was that the rangatira were becoming quite concerned at the handful of very lawless Pākehā who were living in Kororareka. There was debauchery, drunkenness, murder, theft, rape. Every uncivilised, barbaric behaviour was being carried out in Kororareka. These were whalers and traders and what have you. They were a very lawless bunch. They just wouldn't listen to anyone. So this was the advice from the British resident. Issue a constitutional document that tells all Pākehā, everybody living in this country, what the constitutional makeup of the country is. And you need to say in there that all decision-making powers rest with the rangatira of the hapu and that they will never, ever give that power to anyone else. And they also added a few things in there about the king recognising the flag they'd had to have because their boats kept getting um, arrested when they went to Sydney because they weren't flying this piece of coloured rag. So it was actually the British resident who drafted it up first of all in English, and then that was translated into Te Reo Māori. Once again, as between Te Tiriti and the English draft, there is mistranslation, but 
Hehakaputanga was a translation of a declaration of independence, a declaration of sovereignty drafted by the British resident. So that became the, well, it's the constitution, the written constitution of this country, because constitutions will tell you where sovereignty lies and the institutions that make the decisions. And that's exactly what Hehakaputanga did. It said that um, sovereignty lay with the rangatira of the hapu and that they would never devolve lawmaking power to anyone else. The trouble was that those Pākehā, especially those ones in Kororareka, still did not adhere to Hehakaputanga. And so by 1840, the rangatira were just totally fed up with them and said, no, 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 we're not going to take responsibility for this behaviour. Queen of England, you take responsibility for it because we are not going to. And that's exactly what Titiriti is. It is the rangatira no longer responsible for these lawless parkers. That responsibility is given to the Queen of England, and she can use this control mechanism called kawanatanga to do that. You've also written about how there is only one document, Titiriti, and that the English language version is irrelevant. Can you expand on that? Yes. So what you had was Hobson and his colleagues drawing up what they thought they could get for a treaty. And under that, you can see very clearly in the draft that they just want to overrun this country, that they want to um, basically take it over. Now, that document was given to the missionaries to translate. Now, the missionaries, not what I would call fluent speakers, but, you know, they did speak the language of sorts. And they knew that if they tried to say, and by the way, the English are coming in to take over their country, well, you know, that would be a recipe for dispatching the missionaries to the Hāngi. So they never put it in Te tiriti. So what was drafted was not what was translated into Te Reo Māori, but what was read out, what was discussed, what was agreed to at Waitangi on the 6th of February was Te tiriti or Waitangi. The English version that wanted to overrun the country never saw the light of day at Waitangi in any of the debates. Now, Pākehās who were present knew that was what Hobson and his mates wanted. They wanted to overrun the country. And they were insisting that the missionaries tell Māori that that's what was really going on. But the missionaries refused. And so the rangatira themselves asked quite specifically, are you coming here to try and run overrun the country? The missionaries answered, absolutely no, that is not what is happening. So that is why what was agreed to at Waitangi bore no resemblance to what Hobson and his colleagues had drafted up. And that's why that document is totally irrelevant. It was never discussed, let alone agreed to. And it wasn't ever discussed anywhere in the country. Even though 30-odd people signed the English draft, at Waikato Heads, that was after they had had read out to them Te Tiriti. They couldn't understand English. They had Te Tiriti read out to them by the missionary Maunson. Well, I don't know whether he understood that it was different. I don't know if his language was good enough. And they had no reason to believe that Maunson would lie to them or mislead them. They trusted Maunson. And when he said this English foreign language thing means exactly the same. It's okay for you to sign it. They signed it. Thanks for joining us, Margaret. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. 
You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Ethan Sills. Paddy Fox is the sound engineer. I'm Katie Harris. Subscribe to The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.